This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. And in this episode, I'm talking with someone who followed in his father's footsteps while also charting his own path. Lucas Nelson grew up splitting his time between the family ranch in Texas and the family home in Hawaii. That is, when he wasn't on the road with his famous dad, Willie. He spent his childhood surrounded by instruments, spending time with legendary musicians and listening to a wide range of blues, gospel, country, and rock and roll. He has a voice that can sound eerily similar to his father's, but his journey has also relied on a natural songwriting and guitar playing ability that's uniquely his own. We'll talk about all that, his new album Sticks and Stones, and his father's 90th birthday celebration on this week's Biscuits and Jam. Lucas Nelson, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. Thanks, it's making me hungry. Where am I reaching you right now? I'm in Nashville right now in Sylvan Park, little apartment I got here. Okay, nice. Are you on the road soon for a tour? Yes, we're heading to England and Ireland and Scotland uh, coming up very soon. I leave, I believe, Saturday. Wow. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, Lucas, I know that you've spent a lot of your time in Maui, but I wanted to start out by asking you about your connection to Texas. Where did you spend the most time there as a kid? I was born in Austin, spent quite a bit of my childhood there. We'd go back and forth, you know, uh, between Hawaii and Austin. My dad's had a place in Hawaii since the 70s. So I was born in Austin and I spent my first birthday in Hawaii, but I was in Austin mostly until around six or seven, kind of going back and forth, basically on the road with dad. And then I'd go out afterwards. We spent more time in Maui and I went to high school out there, but I'd go to elementary school between both places. So I really had roots in both places. So when you were in Austin, were you on a ranch or were you more in town? Oh, it was a ranch. It was outside of town about 40 minutes or so. Lots of horses and well, now we got, now we got horses, pigs, goats, and chickens. We got a sort of a regenerative agriculture system going on where we move them around and they turn the soil up, and put nutrients in the soil just by being there. It's kind of a cool thing. That is cool. You know, I actually did an interview with your dad, and he was on the ranch and sitting in a pickup truck. I don't know if that's the same ranch that y'all had when you were a kid or not. It sure is. He's had it since the early seventies. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a great little spot. There's a studio on there, too, and that's where we like to record a lot of the time. Well, he wasn't all that happy to be there at the time. It was during the pandemic, and he said he would have much rather been out on the road. Oh, yeah, we all were pretty disappointed that we couldn't go out and play because it's what we do, and it feeds our souls to be out on the road. It's a nice feeling 
to be on the move, to be doing what you know you're meant to do, you feel like you're good at it, and it gives you a sense of belonging. And then when you lose it, you have to sit still and question and find out what you are in absence of all that, which is also a good practice as well, I suppose. Yeah, and a time to write, I suppose, too. Yeah, but the thing is, is I wrote a lot of sad songs during that time. And then when I went out on the road, finally, I couldn't play them because they were too sad. I didn't want to make anybody <laughs> depressed. So when I was on the road, I wrote a bunch of happy songs or at least a little more upbeat songs. And I still tried to keep the quality of lyrics, but I wanted to make the melody more exciting and more celebratory and fun. And so that's what our current new record is coming out on July 14th. That's the vibe of this new album. It's written to the live show so we can have a good time. Well, I definitely want to talk about that in a minute. It's a great album and there's some great songs on there. And I know you must be excited to get out and share it with people. Definitely. I was so excited, you know. Well, so Lucas, speaking of being on the road, I mean, your dad must have been on the road just all the time for a lot of your childhood. What are some of the things that y'all would do together when he was home? Well, we'd play a lot of dominoes. I mean, we played a lot of dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine a little music too. Every oh, now and then. we sat and played music every night and sang and had dinners and laughed and made jokes and talked about good times and the good times to come. Well, when I talked to him, he said that there were always instruments lying around the house. So it was natural for you and your brother to pick them up. Yeah. What are some things that he taught you as a songwriter? Well, I learned a lot by osmosis. It wasn't that he sat me down and said, this is how you write a song. I absorbed a lot of what I listened to. And I think that I sort of recognized that I could write a song at an early age. And he gave me confidence when he would say, hey, that's pretty good. So that was what gave me confidence to keep going and nurturing that talent and saying, hey, you've got a gift and maybe you should appreciate that and nurture it and take care of yourself and work towards it so that you have purpose and meaning in this vast life we have. There's so many directions you can go and it can be so overwhelming. And so I think what I learned from him at an early age was just to recognize if you have something and follow it. I heard you talking to Nora Jones on her podcast about a song called You Were It yeah. that you wrote when you were pretty young, and it sounded great. I mean, it's a really remarkable song, particularly coming from, what, a 10-year-old? Oh, I was, yeah, 10 or 11. I just was riding on the school bus, and I heard this song in my head, and I realized that I was writing it. <laughs> and I just... I sat, I wrote it down, and I took it to my dad, and he said, wow, that's pretty dang good. And so he put it on an album, and lo and behold, it became a catalyst to my own confidence in doing what I want to do. It was the moment, I should say, where I understood that I might have something here, and this might be something I can do so easily and naturally that if I nurture it, it may give me a path in life. And so I think that that was a gift from him as well, you know, just learning by absorbing what I'd been around my whole life. And there's an air of mystery to it, too. I mean, I don't know where it comes from sometimes when I write a song. It just comes. Well, I'm wondering if you were drawn to country music early on, being surrounded with it the way you were, or more rock and roll. I mean, your music these days 
there's a lot of rock and roll in it. And I'm wondering if that was something that you were more drawn to as a kid. Sure. I listened to everything just like he did, just like anyone does, really. You absorb what's around you and what's come before you. Stevie Ray Vaughan, for example, I got into Stevie Ray and Jimi Hendrix, but then I went back and listened to what they were listening to. And then I listened to who came after, less so, because I was more interested. If I found somebody that I loved, I wanted to hear their influences so that I could sort of understand and go through a similar process that got them to where they are. So I'm guessing you were listening to a lot of early blues then. A lot of early blues. When that Martin Scorsese, it was a PBS something that Martin Scorsese put out where he had different people direct these different specials, but it was a blues special. And one of them, Clint Eastwood directed or was part of with the piano blues. And there was the Delta blues and all these different blues. So I went back and studied all of that. And I loved it. I loved the old blues. That was one of my first loves. And old country music, Hank Williams. And then old gypsy jazz was also a big influence because of my dad. Dad introduced me to the good country, Merle Whalen and Johnny and all those guys. They were part of our lives. And then what they listened to was what I was listening to because it was on all the time. What Dad would put out in the poker room, he'd put on Django and these kinds of folks. Well, you really hear a little bit of all of that in your music. Well, I consider that a compliment. Thank you. Well, Lucas, I want to talk about your mom for a second. I saw you post a picture of her for, I think it was Mother's Day, and it looked like she had whipped up a pretty great looking dessert. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was some kind of chocolate cake. Is she a good cook? She's a great cook. Absolutely. My mother is a fantastic cook. She's Italian. That whole side of my family is Italian. And through her, I got into Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, and her influences. And she's a singer as well? She sings along to things, but she's not a professional singer, no. What are some of the recipes that you grew up with or some of your favorites? Well, she makes a good pasta, being Italian. She makes good lasagna. She makes really great chili bowls. I really like her chili. She can really do anything well. She takes real good care of Dad. It's great to see. She's kept him alive for a long time. And she deserves all the credit in the world for that. It seems like y'all spent a lot more time together during the pandemic and that she was doing quite a bit of cooking then. I feel like I saw y'all posting things about that. Well, yeah. She'd say, okay, Mondays are hot dogs and Tuesdays are this and Thursdays are that. Fridays were burgers, I remember. We had pasta Thursdays or something and taco Tuesdays and We were lucky. We ate well during the pandemic, but healthy. And it had a great routine during the pandemic. I'd wake up and get to see my mom and dad, which when things are moving, I don't get to see them as much. I'm on the road a lot. And it's a similar sacrifice, I think, that he had to make with his family when he was younger. He had to go out for a long period of time. I think the difference between him and I is that I decided to stay away from marriage at least in the beginning, so that I can pick one and stick with it. (laughs) Well, learning some things from your father, perhaps. Yeah, I don't want to go through three divorces and then settle when I'm 50. I'd rather just settle when I'm 50, if that's what it takes. (laughs) (laughs) 
After the break, I'll talk more with Lucas Nelson about his family, his spirituality, and the new album from Lucas Nelson and POTR, Sticks and Stones. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at tmobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with singer-songwriter Lucas Nelson. Well, Lucas, what about the holidays? What do the holidays look like in the Nelson family? Do y'all have a lot of big gatherings? Yeah, we have big gatherings. We have big parties and my mom cooks and we'll have folks over. Well, Lucas, I saw somewhere that your birthday is on Christmas Day. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas Day, my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that can be a little bit of a blessing and a curse, I guess, when it comes to presents, right? Oh, I don't care. I don't think about it that much. I just think it is nice to have the whole family in town, you know, so it's more of a blessing than it is a curse. I can't think of anything I want really materially. I remember the last thing I wanted for Christmas was a video game, and that was when I was in my teens. What I do like, though, is I like throughout the year, if I come across something unique that reminds me of someone, I'll save it the whole year and give it to them for Christmas. I do like giving gifts. It's more fun than getting them. Yeah, that's for sure. Lucas, I wanted to ask you about the holidays and the music that goes with that. You recorded a gospel album with your father and some of the other family members a couple years ago called The Willie Nelson Family. And there are songs on there like I Saw the Light and Kneel at the Feet of Jesus. Was religion a part of your life growing up? Well, I do the Lord's Prayer every night before I go to sleep, but I also am a scientist, and I believe that the miracle of life is there laid out before us and the questions we answer about life. I don't think that my spirituality has anything to do with how it works, but more why it works. And so when I ask these questions of myself, it makes me feel that there's something bigger and that there's some grand orchestration somehow. And I don't like to define that in some sort of figure. What I do like is to connect with the concept of God and the concept of spirituality as an inner spectrum that needs to be nurtured and something to connect with. I do believe there's wisdom in all religions and take those kernels of wisdom and integrate those into my life and leave out the dogma I wouldn't even say I'm spiritual in many ways. I just say that I'm humbled by nature, and I think nature is God. 
What about these songs, Lucas? They're beautiful songs, in many cases, very old ones that have long histories. What was it about gospel music that made y'all want to record an album together? Well, there's a celebration of human connection, going beyond oneself. And if you see God as nature or as the universe around us, and that there is a mystery in there that we're very humbled by, then I think there's a beauty in connecting with your family and gathering it with a sense of awe, with a sense of humility and gratitude towards what brought us together, a sort of a respect for the great unknown, and some call it God. That's why I still say the Lord's Prayer every night, because my dad taught it to me, and it makes me feel good when I do. Was there one song on that album that really meant the most to you or that you enjoyed singing with your dad the most? George Harrison's song, All Things Must Pass, was one that I brought to the table. I just feel that that acknowledgement that of the impermanence of all things sort of lets you relax a little bit. It might scare some people. For me, it just makes me sit back and enjoy the ride, you know? After all this, my love is up and must be leaving. It's not always gonna be this way. Speaking of enjoying the ride, your dad is celebrating his 90th birthday this year. What have been some of the highlights of that for you? Of that birthday show or just in general of him turning 90? The celebration and the milestone. Well, it was the outpouring of love from everybody. What a great thing to have while you're still around. I always thought I'd ask for my funeral before I die <laughs> so I could be there. <laughs> so don't have a funeral after I die. If I know I'm going to die, I'm going to have a big party. And we're all going to say goodbye, and it'll be great. What an amazing thing to see all those people come and recognize you for your impact on the world. And I think it made Dad feel real good. It made me feel good for him. Yeah. Thinking about people that we've lost, you did a beautiful song called Lay Me Down at a tribute for Loretta Lynn. Was she someone that you got to know or who became a part of your life? I met her once or twice, just in passing. I didn't know her well, but she was a very kind soul. You could feel that. And her and dad were close. Did her music uh, mean a lot to you? Yeah, very much so. That's real country. That's the country that never gets old and is timeless. I listen to that music more than anything. Yeah. Well, Lucas, I want to talk about your new record. You've got a new album coming out called Sticks and Stones. And of course, the words that follow that usually are may break my bones. How did you land on that title? You nailed it. Sticks and stones may break my bones. You can't tell me nothing that'll hurt. Dust to dust, we're all just pushing dirt. I've gone through life with folks saying you can't do this, can't do that. 
the whole first part of that album is chronological and biographical in the sense that the early songs in the record, the beginning represents when I first started in the business and the defiance that I had, the vices that I had. I was a drinking a lot. It's a party in the beginning. And it's still a party, don't get me wrong. But towards the end of the album, you get to see that it settles into a more peaceful place. And that is sort of where I ended up, sort of a more sustainable place where hopefully I can keep it going for years and years like that, but in my own way. And so I think that that album represents starting off from feeling like I was defying any doubts that either I had or that had been put into my mind and and saying, no, you can do this. And you can do this the right way with hard work and putting your head down and taking every opportunity you've been given and making the most of it. And that's what I tried to do and still try to do. Did you go into this record thinking that you had a story to tell and that this was going to be autobiographical in some way? No, I went into this record thinking I need a great album of music that I can play live and have a great time playing live. And so all of these songs are written for moments in the show because the live show is what we do best. And if I can capture that, and then go out there and play this and have fun playing it for the rest of my life. Each one of these songs means a lot to me in the sense that it is a piece of my life, but it's also something that I'll never get tired of. And I'll never stop wanting to play these songs because they're really fun. And this is the most fun I've ever had doing a record. I think that when I was younger, I just sort of took things a little too seriously. And I think that over time, I'm starting to relax a little bit, not be so serious, at least not be so uptight or try too hard or whatever. I'm just trying to write songs that are good for my show and that people will love, and I'm hoping they do. And when I wrote all those songs, I was on the road. And so when we came to record them, we picked the best of them. And then when we were working on the order, it actually became a story afterwards and a very clear and concise one if you listen to the lyrics of all the record. Well, talking about songs that are fun to play, I've got to think that Alka Hallelujah is a fun one. There's a great video. It just seems like from the get-go, you're going to have a crowd get on board with that song. Tell me a little bit about that one and the story behind it. Oh, I just thought it was funny. I thought of the word Alka-Hallelujah, and I thought, oh, that's too funny not to write a song about. And I wrote it sort of about this guy whose life is slowly falling apart, but He's clinging to that alcohol, hallelujah. And if you listen to it first, you think, oh, this is all fun. Or oh, is he celebrating alcohol? And then if you listen to the lyrics, no, that guy's life is shit. <laughs> his baby won't kiss him. His old friends miss him. He can't drive the boat. But he's, you know, hanging on a prayer. Father, I must make me a confession. Give me 
me farther Before I've been inspired I've got bars, bars, melodies and memories May this spirit lift me ever high Can I get an alcohol? You've had your ups and downs with alcohol. Is is some of that uh, looking back at some things that you've been through? Well, yeah, you know, I'm 34 now, so I'm not quite old yet, but I've had some life and I've gone through it. So, yeah, I'll have a little wine or a little something here and there. But I really got my life together after probably around 22, 23 years old is when I kind of said, oh, that's too much, you know. Yeah. Well, I knew I wanted to work. I knew I wanted to do what I do. And I knew that if I focused too much on the party, then I wouldn't be able to work. And so I still have a good time. I still party. But my main focus is going out there and putting on a great show. And I need to take care of myself in order to do that. Well, especially if you're going to make it to 90, like your dad. That's right. (laughs) Although he's got a great song with Merle, said we would have taken much better care of ourselves if we'd have known we was going to live this long. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> There's another great song on there, a duet that you did with Lainey Wilson. Yeah. More Than Friends. How would you describe your relationship with Lainey? Lainey and I are great friends. She's a great human. She's just working so hard and she's such a talent. And I love her. I love Lainey very much. I just saw her last night. We did the Opry together. Tomorrow morning, we're going to do CMA Fest together and play that song. The song itself is doing great on Texas radio and then Americana, it's number two, I believe. So we're doing well with that song. It's getting out there. What was the best part of working with her on that? Oh, just getting to know her. Just getting to know who she is and how talented she is and what a cool human she is. Yeah. So Lucas, you're going to spend a lot of time on the road in the next few months. What are some of your hopes for this tour and this album? Oh, well, I hope it does really well and goes viral and everybody loves it and we make a lot of money and can go on the road. (laughs) I want to see all types of people come to the shows. I want them carrying flags and hooting and hollering. I want to have a party. Well, I think there's a good chance that's going to happen. I hope so. Well, Lucas, I just have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. I often end these conversations by asking uh, what it means to you to be Southern. But in your case, what does it mean to you to be Texan? I think there's something in the water that makes Texans the way they are. It's funny. There's just a lot of good people that live in Texas. And a lot of amusing music has come out of Texas. A lot of my heroes are Texan. I feel a great kinship with it. And growing up, Dad, I think, brought the best of Texas together with his music. And so a lot of the people that I grew up with are his friends, and his friends are good people, and I just love them all. And so I got to know a lot of the best Texans out there, I think, you know. And the people that he brought together were very loving people. And he brought the hippies and the cowboys together, you know. I loved it. It's a good vibe down in Austin. And I think it's still a place where those two cultures can live together in harmony. Well, Lucas Nelson, thanks so much for being on Biscuits and Jam. Oh, man, now I'm really hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Lucas Nelson. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. 
Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Our theme song is by Sean Watkins of Nickel Creek. I hope you'll join us in two weeks for my conversation with the multi-platinum selling country star Thomas Rhett and his wife, Lauren Akins. In the meantime, we'll be sharing an encore next week of my conversation with the delightful author, singer, and star of This Is Us, Chrissy Metz. If you missed that one, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs>